Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Team Building Podcast, where you learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market and any market. Uh, so we've got an awesome and very interesting guest with us today. We've got a gal here who's going to talk about lender ISAs. And from the perspective of having your lender, which uh, you know some of you may have been pitched on this, that the lender would like to make the calls uh, to leads or leads that you're purchasing together or leads that they purchased or your leads or whatever the case is. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about how that is actually done correctly. And our guest is the director of ISAs for Jason Gosser team at Guild Mortgage, which is a phenomenal real estate team up in the Pacific Northwest. So we'll bring Robin in in a second. She's going to share what she's learned and some practical steps that you can move forward on that to see if that's an option for your team and your arrangement with your lender. So first of all, Andy Cuny, what is up, man? Great to have you back instead of uh, in place of Jeff Cohn, who's off gallivanting across the world and diving into uh, cages with, with in or, or around sharks. I don't know what's going on with Jeff. <laughs> Fortunately, you and I are not in any sort of cage off I of the South Africa coast. On this one right now. I think we are winning. Yes. Yep. Absolutely, man. It's great to be here. I love it. Whenever Jeff leaves, I always love to be able to step in. I know, me too, because we always have a good time. I don't care if it's you and me or whether we have a guest or not, but this is super interesting because, Andy, you've like set the scene because you've had this, you've had this essentially pitched you like hey um you know they're coming to me asking if they can make calls so give me give me the situation real quick because you're the one that's coaching not only agents on the on the on omaha's team you're coaching the coaches right and then the coaches are coaching aspiring or current team leaders so so you get kind of the overflow and all these unique questions how is it been presented to the, the people that you've talked to that you're hearing so we usually hear it one of two ways well one of three ways is the lenders the lender is paying for an msa to help generate leads for these these agents because they want nothing to do with it, right? And that okay. usually is how it works best. So I'm really okay. excited to hear today because she's going to literally fix the dysfunction. Uh, right. Secondly, the lender themselves want to call, okay? So the deal is, is that a lot of times the lenders, it's probably where they have the best intentions, but nobody's ever trained them, right? On how to call these leads, what to say, and God forbid they actually get a hold of somebody and talk to them. How do they do the handoff? Right. They don't even they don't know how to hand off, which is one of the biggest dysfunctions with using ISAs to begin with, is it's yes. hard to train people how yep. to actually physically scrub the lead and then uh, do the handoff effectively. And then okay. thirdly, they're like, yeah, I got somebody who's going to call for me, but they haven't trained them. You know what I mean? And so I'm just right. like, ah, and they're kind of just kind of they're muddying the waters and they're making yeah. it even more difficult for the agents who are trained and who are trying to call and they're not trained. So I am so excited to hear that this is an actual um, real thing that she has trained ISAs who are going to call on behalf of the lenders because if it's done right, it absolute game changer. So I'm excited to hear about the numbers, the cool. successes. I want yeah, to and she's got it all. Robin Hayes, welcome. Hello, glad to be here. We're pumped to have you because this is super interesting. There's, it's very rare that we jump onto a team building podcast and hear something that we've literally never heard before. <laughs> like everybody has their own spin or their own take on things, but this is like way out of left field for us. So it's, so it's really, really cool. Uh, so give people just some perspective on what your role is uh, and what you do, not only just in the coaching and consulting of lender ISAs, but also within like Jason Goster's team. So 
In Jason's team, I am an ISA, and I have another ISA. So we dial through um, leads and either from us or from Zillow or a lot of internet leads that come through to agents that they're not dialing. And we actually call on the lender behalf and get them started in the pre-approval process. And, you know, obviously, if they haven't spoken with an agent yet, then we would want to connect them immediately or as soon as they're available. So we're really big on, like, relationship building and um, keeping very clear results. And when I say clear results, like, this is how many calls I made from those calls. This is how many people answered from the people that answered. This is how many appointments were set. And from the appointment set, these are all the people that got pre-approved. And from all the people pre-approved, this is who closed. So those are the type of results that we like to keep. Um, and I would say that the, the most important part, even through coaching is that being on Jason's team, um, I, I learned, I realized and kind of created a passion in what I was doing. And so my goal was to get licensed. And as soon as that time came, um, I really wanted to continue being an ISA, but I wanted to make as much money as a loan officer. And I didn't know quite how to do that. And I think that in, in that position, Jason agreed with me because I was, doing so well as an ISA and I really liked it. And that's hard to find in somebody that's just like, I want to be an ISA forever and make it a big, huge profession. Uh, Well, I really wanted to do that. And I was going to, I was determined to find a way and coaching was the way Um, most lenders or all lenders and most real estate agents that are top producing do not have time to correctly coach an ISA that they're hiring. Um, You cannot, bring in somebody that's totally green to the industry and train them for three days and then go out in the field and do all your face-to-face stuff. And you have somebody sitting in your office that has no idea why they're there. Um, and so that's why <laughs> I, I think it's, that I think it's highly there. amusing that you said train somebody for three days. Andy, would you like to weigh in on how, how likely is it that any, any of the live stream clients would actually sit with their new ISA for three days in an office and actually train them for three whole days? You know what? I can think of uh, one person, <laughs> and he's actually a coach of ours, and he actually does that every day, and he, of yeah. course, is having the most success. Surprised. I, for one, am shocked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, Robin, basically, yeah, I mean, it's you're, you're describing the, the dysfunction. This is the whole thing about ISAs is that everybody wants one and nobody would know what to do with one if they actually had one fall out of the sky. I would say most, not 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 to say all. But yeah. most would not have any idea what to do with one. If one strolled in off the street, slapped them in the face and said, I am your new ISA. Give me the leads now. Right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so I, I didn't I didn't mean like three days. They sit at your desk and be like, click on that lead. Call that number. I meant like they might sit in the office for that couple of days while the person mm-hmm. is brand new. I, yeah, I would never yeah. imagine that they would sit for three days, to get to their desk. Robin, I have a question for you real quick. Um, now, I know with real estate agents, a lot of times we want our ISAs to get licensed so that they can talk about real estate things, right? It, it opens up what they're allowed to speak to. Um, if they're not licensed, then it, very, it limits to just appointment setting. You know what I mean? Just, hey, I'll get the guy on the phone. With When it comes to lenders or loan officers, the fact that you become licensed, does that give you more leniency on what you can say or more tools in your toolbox when it comes to making these calls? Or does it limit an ISA if they're not licensed as a loan officer? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, everybody would want that person to be licensed so that they can talk more. And on the lender side, it's the same. I mean, if you're licensed, then you can take a full application and, you know, basically do, at least on my team, that's the loan officer's job is taking the application. And we have LOAs that do the rest. 
um, while the loan officer is just kind of there along. I just feel like if anybody were to get licensed, it would be silly to not work as a licensed person. So if I was a, a real estate ISA and I was licensed, I'm not going to watch my agent get 3% on every sale that I'm setting up. I'd rather just take the 3% and make the calls myself. And um, there's the rub. <laughs> That's why I mean, it's so I just hard think to keep that the good ones. If you have an ISA and you want them to dial and you want them to drink your Kool-Aid and you want them to create results for you, then they need to be unlicensed and they need to be paid well. And then, they, well and then they'll do those place. things. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right, so let's talk about the difference in the approach and maybe the scripting and just the the options that a lender ISA, when they're making the calls, e even if it's to a realtor's database, right? So let, let's say like best case scenario, like if you're, if you're a real estate team leader or a high producing agent, you're probably listening to this going, well, I, obviously I want an ISA to call my stuff. Like I, I don't care if you call your stuff and then give me a referral, like I should get those anyway. I want somebody to call through my leads. Like I want my, I want someone burning through my database and figuring out where are the leads in my database that I should be talking to. Uh, so let's kind of cover it from that angle. So let's say you have a lender ISA and you're calling through a realtor's list of leads or their database. What sort of options and what's the difference between a lender ISA calling versus someone that the real estate agent would hire themselves? Um, so on the real estate side, you have a lot more um, opportunity, like ways that you can talk because you don't have so much uh, compliance restriction. So on the lender side, there is a lot of compliance issues on dialing through like databases. But my entire coaching program is compliant, including all of my scripting. Um, and so it's the scripting is just very important. There's just things that we cannot say. And uh, through the scripting and through coaching and through role play, we find ways to get the same result. For example, a real estate agent would want me to call and say, hi, my name's Robin and I'm calling with Scott at Keller Williams, right? But I don't work at Keller Williams and I don't work for Scott. That's against the rules. We cannot say that. The other thing that would be a good example is we can't call and say, I'm the preferred lender of Scott at Keller Williams. We can't say that. So there's just <laughs> okay. other ways and all my scripting yeah. is compliant. It has to be, and, and the good thing is it doesn't change the result of the call because all I'm doing is building a relationship. I'm not going to call an internet lead that's looking at $2 million houses and be like, oh, you're going to show this house today. They're already pre-approved. We're all good to go. Like, boom, you know, that when that happens, it's like someone take me out for a drink because that was pretty good. <laughs> so we're just <laughs> nurturing these internet leads. And mm -hmm. uh, so the way that we approach ourselves can be worded differently and still have the same effect. So, for example, for me, when I'm calling for Jason's team, I would say, hey, this is Robin. I'm with Team Gosser at Guild Mortgage. My team partners with Scott at Keller Williams, and you'd register on his website and click that you were interested in some financing information. I just wanted to call and see how your home search is going. I saw that you're looking in the Renton area. Do you have any questions regarding your financing? Are you already pre-approved? Did you want a second opinion? On and on and on. And then, um, yeah. so we're just getting to know them. Like, oh, do you have kids? Just, are schools important to you? Okay, cool. Well, are you already working with an agent? Oh, you're not? Okay. Well, is there a good time for Scott to call you? I just want him to have the opportunity to get your full home search criteria so he can start sending you over some listings that meet your needs. Right? So we're still booking a yeah. double appointment. We're calling from the lender side, and we are clearly stating who we are. Hmm. I like it. Andy? Sounds like they would I work hear, pretty well. I hear a lot of LP mama in there. <laughs> <laughs> LP mama. <laughs> well, now you have to explain, Andy. Oh, even, so even LP I don't mama is the, the basic scripting that we use for our real estate agents. And when they get a hold of somebody, it's always location, price, um, uh, motivation, mortgage, appointment, and agent. 
right? And so we just go through each one of those. And so it's a lot of the same stuff um, that with a heavy emphasis on the real estate side, whereas you're having a heavy em emphasis on the lender side, right? And then we always do the handoff. Hey, have you been pre-approved to buy these houses in this price point that you've already talked to me about, you know, you being interested in? You haven't? Great. I'd love to have Robin reach out to you from Jerry's team at team wherever. You know what I mean? It's it, it's very, and I love to hear that because we know it works, right? So right. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Robin, let's talk about just the coordination between like the the lenders. So let's let's say let's say someone in the audience is listening to this. Okay, going great. This this all sounds awesome. Uh, my lender's not you know they're not beating down my door to do this, or they've talked about it, but I don't know that they have the training and you know to really take this seriously. Let's talk about the coordination between a real estate team leader and let's say a mortgage team leader who might have an ISA or they're interested in jumping into this. Uh, what does that relationship look like and where, where do the roles kind of start and end so that they can actually pull this off successfully in real life? Well, I, I can just go with best practice of kind of what we've done yeah. is that um, as far as, you know, doing calling through Zillow leads and things like that, we're working with uh, referral partners of ours that we've worked with for some time. So, and it just depends. I mean, if you're new, well, I think most people will be like top producers that are listening. But if you're newer to the industry, I wouldn't say it's going to be super easy to go find a lender that's going to be like, oh, yeah, we're just going to get all these you know, appointments set and get all these people pre-approved for you and set them up to buy. We're more going for our agents that we've worked with for a while um, that have a large amount of business and that they can't take care of. And, you know, they want to send stuff our way, but they aren't able to because they aren't getting through all these leads and lists that they have. So um, that's where we would come in. And I would say, you know, when I, when I bring on a new coaching client and say they're in Denver, the first thing that they're going to do is call through their um, loan officer's top 40 agents and introduce themselves. Hey, my name's Robin. Um, I'm the new ISA or dialer or transaction coordinator or whatever it comes out to be. Um, and I'm working for Scott at the, at the office and he wanted me to reach out and introduce you and um, see if, you know, there's anything that, you, that I can help you with at this time. And that meeting ends up having to be a face-to-face, -face, like a face-to-face -face introduction with the loan officer because the expectations have to be set very clearly for compliance reasons. And so I coach the ISAs through that conversation so that we make sure that you don't go into it being like, yep, I'm going to call through your stuff five hours a day because that's not going to happen. Uh, when they're, you know, juggling all the di the dialing that they have to do, we want to make okay. it realistic and we're going to revisit those CRMs or the lists or Zillow or whatever every three months and see how it's going. Okay. Interesting. Hey, I have a question. Very, man. very interesting. What's up? I have a thought. Strange. I know. Oh, okay, oh so, God. <laughs> I know, right? Everybody buckle in. So I have a question is I think that when, a lot of times when you have these marketing service agreements, right, lenders can throw money at lead gen all day long. Right? And they can create leads, and that's what the agents are looking for. And the agents up to this point have always said, you pay for the leads. You help generate the leads. I will scrub them, right? Well, the issue is, is then the agents get overwhelmed, right? Because there's so many. They're out there doing their deals. They're not scrubbing them. So then the agents are looking for solutions like ISAs and VAs to scrub these leads that the lenders are paying for. Mm -hmm. Now, the biggest issue, though, is that with the MSAs is the agents are allowed to pay for lead gen. They are not allowed to pay for lead scrubbing for the agent. So I can't go and say, hi, Mike Smith, the ABC mortgage. Would you mind kicking in an extra thousand dollars a month so you can pay for Rockerbox to scrub my leads for me? Can't do that. 
But if Mike Smith can hire his own ISA to do the exact same thing, right? Now it's a win-win, okay? Now that's a way to get to get around, right? You know what I mean? Where if they're having their own, their own ISA to do the scrubbing for them, it relieves that pressure on the agent to go out and find their own third-party source to do so. And it's paid for, obviously, above board and legally. That also goes in with the reason why those ISAs need coaching because a loan officer, um, I know we were talking about this earlier, but a loan officer coming to the agent and saying, I want to call through your leads is like, uh, that's a red flag because I can't imagine them being able to actually like make a difference, like make a dent in your CRM unless they're going to sit there for two, three hours a day and like do ISA work, which they shouldn't because they're, they should be doing loan officer work and let the ISA generate the business to put in front of them. Either do it or don't, but none of this halfway. And I, and I always say that to a lot of lenders who are like, yeah, how do I get access to the back end of your CRM so that I can look at these leads and maybe start calling some? And I'm like, nope, you either go through training and you do it consistently all the time or you don't do it at all. And then it's always, oh, we're cool then. <laughs> Never mind. I don't need to call. I'm like, that's what I thought. Usually not going to. Then yeah. the next question is, how do we turn off the notifications? <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to. like, oh, I'm out then. You just let me know. I'm like, sure. Yeah. yeah. We'll do. Funny. I hate the notifications too. Robin, let's talk about the uh, the the post close experience because I think this is something that that any any real estate team can can learn from and implement some of this stuff. Even if uh, like just from from the experience that you guys have had with delivering you know service and and follow up post close, you guys are able to create opportunities. But kind of share a little bit about what that looks like. So the post close experience is our biggest focus right now. Um, for example, on my team. Uh, on Jason's team, we were dialing through, I think, 16 or 18 CRMs, time-blocked daily, right? Setting up pre-approval appointments, getting the ball rolling for people. And we now have two that we just check once a day for about 15 to 20 minutes um, for agents that we work very closely with and that we co-market with. Um, so we focus most of our day on the post-close experience. Uh, we try and do 50 calls minimum each for anybody that closed over a year ago. Um, so we've basically just created like a concierge service for uh, anybody after they close. It's, I think, so it's statistically proven that 70% of home buyers forget the contact info of their agent or loan officer one year later. So you have to look at it as, in fact, one of the girls in my coaching program owns a house and she bought it one year and two months ago and does not remember her lender's first name or company name just that it's initials and it was new construction. So that's just an example of what happens when you don't keep in contact with your past clients. So we have created a very strict system and it's my secret sauce. So I don't want to go into too much detail on how it works, but um, it is on the lender side and it reconnects our agents with their past clients because we're catching all of our clients before they sell Anybody after six months, we're offering them, um, we're asking if they're curious what their house is worth, letting the agent, re our loan officer can call the agent to reach back out. You know, obviously you're not going to set up a listing presentation because they've lived there for six months, but at least in our area in Seattle, they've probably made some money off their house already. And so it's exciting to know. And it gives that agent a chance to reach back out because anybody can go online and request a CMA and they'll get a call from 15 other agents. And that gives them a chance to build some sort of relationship. So we're just trying to keep everybody in contact and keep at the top of their list. So, you know, if I talk to someone and I'm like, hey, do you have any friends or family looking to buy or sell real estate? 
they'll be like, no, okay, well, if you do, um, are you still aware of how to refer our team? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, or they might not. And I say, great, I'll just send you a really quick email so I'm at the top of your email strand. You know, if you're out to dinner with anybody and you hear of them talking about real estate, we'd love if you sent them our way. And and the way I look about it, especially for like, this is going to be a big thing for lenders is that everybody wants a refi and it's just not a good time, which is what we are witnessing all on all of our post-close calls now. But what's going to happen is if it's not a good time, we would rather one of our loan officers educate them on why and be able to let the agent know like, Hey, just letting you know, they were trying to refi or they're trying to, you know, they're looking to add square footage or whatever. And there might be an option to purchase, sell and purchase something different. Um, but we would rather our loan officers educate them on why they shouldn't refi and why they should stay where they're at or sell and move or whatever, do like a full consultation, then have them go onto an internet site that their friend went through and fill out a refi form on there. And they're going to put that refi through whether it screws you over or not, because they're just going to take the deal. So we just want to be, we want to really educate them all along the way. And that includes the real estate agent because we reconnect them with the agent at any any call that we make that we can, we do. Very, very cool. Now, that's interesting. And Andy, that's something that we can learn from and, and some of those things we can, you know, incorporate into our own follow-ups. You know, obviously uh, events, you know, client appreciation events, quarterly events, stuff like that. I've talked about that with Greg McDaniel a lot, like three levels of events you could be running. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There's, there's plenty of ways that if we wanted to, we could do a better job of like keeping in touch with our past clients. We don't because obviously it's a lot of work, but I mean, Robin, it's a great example of like when it's done right, like how effective it can be, which is awesome that you guys do it. Um, so anyway, um, so as we wind down, I wanted to just on every, we always try and teach all of our, or train all of our agents here on our team here in Omaha is every anniversary date when they closed is you run a CMA, you find out what the price is of their home and then you send them a report stating, uh, uh, price increase based on the average of the Omaha market and how much theirs increased. And you give them every single year, this is what your house, right. is, what, what you bought it for, what it's worth now, and how that compared to the market. So It takes about 15 minutes. And, and they so ought to be doing it. Of that, I've actually had some of our past clients let me know that their agent sends it every year. But like I just talked to a guy a couple weeks ago and he said, Actually, yeah, we are curious. They live in a condo. They're thinking about selling it, but they aren't sure. And he's like, I've honestly just been waiting for September because um, our agent sends one every September. And I'm like, well, he could send one now. It takes him five minutes. I'll just call him and let him know. And so our loan officer was able to reach out and they're selling their condo. So if he would have waited till September, he might have changed his mind. Or in the meantime, he would have gone online on all these CRM websites and been putting in his contact info and he would have been scooped up by another agent. So, uh, and just for example, on the post close for any lenders that this gets forwarded onto, um, we've been dialing since March. So, so far since May is when closing started happening. We have done 1,000 or 1,037,000 in closed business. Um, and we have, 14 closing before the end of July for 4.137 million and only four of those are refis. All the rest are purchased and they took no effort of our referral partners. It's all stuff that we were able to send back to referral partners. And that is a huge focus of the coaching program for ISAs. So besides dialing through CRMs and leads and internet stuff, um, they completely run this process. Very cool. All right. So last question, 
uh, turnover with ISAs, right? So we talked about like not letting them, you know, kind of dabble in and do ISA t- stuff on top of other stuff, like putting them in the office and having them man the front desk and do all this other stuff and then be expected to be an ISA on top of it. So no, 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 you know, no. smack yourself when you think of that. Um, but what about the the other side of it, which is that you're trying to find somebody that you can just sit in the office or, or dial from home and just crank it out and be an ISA. What have you found works that uh, that prevents the high turnover that most agents see when they hire ISAs? Uh, the vibe in your office is important. No okay. working from home, no okay. part-time, and no loan officer assistant or front desk work. If you gotcha. want them to generate business, then they actually need to be dialers and they need to be in that position so that they can uh, you know, make goals and either meet or exceed them every month. So every month, those numbers should be going up, up, and up. That just will not happen if they're your receptionist. They can't, yeah. they can't have full buy-in to their position. And these people are supposed to be creating systems that loan officers flat out cannot follow. So something, you know, like a call blitz, weekly call blitz. Everybody wants to do them. And they'll, they get really excited. And they do them for two weeks or three weeks. And then the fourth week, branch manager is golfing. <laughs> Somebody is doing right. a signing. Right. Somebody else is, you know at the other office or whatever. And all of a sudden, no more call blitz. So the yeah. ISAs, they do the call blitz, whether loan officers are in the office or not. So mm-hmm. I think that it's really important to have them in the office and pay them well and value that position a lot because they're literally generating business for you. And, you know, like calling 400 people and sending 10 people your way that said, yeah, I want to talk to a loan officer. Way easier for a loan officer to make 10 calls than 400. Hmm. Very cool. Robin, I have a question. When you say pay them well, what is that number? I'm sure a lot of people out there are like, okay, I can do that. What is it? $1 million. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, So it depends on the area that you're in. Um, But I would pay higher than minimum wage. And like, what what is your minimum wage in Omaha? Omaha, it's like... Uh, 1025. Yeah. So I would pay them 16 to 18, 16. Okay. Is that a lot? So 50, 50. Well, I mean, you can get a, you know, a decent office job in Omaha is 15, 15, maybe 16 an hour. Probably hasn't yeah. changed much in the last 10 or 15 years. Sadly. So yeah. Um, yeah. So it's about, I mean, it's, you know, you pay a little bit of a premium for the fact that they're on the phone and they're making outbound yeah. calls. Like you got to pay that premium to get them to be willing to sit and make outbound calls compared to just an office job. So yeah, that makes yeah, sense. About fifty percent higher than minimum wage. Yeah. Right, and, and I always and, tell people like when they're hiring somebody, like put them in a desk that they're comfortable in. Don't put them in a hallway at your little like makeshift desk because it's nobody, no new ISA wants to come in and make calls in front of all the top producing people surrounding them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like let them be somewhere where they're confident to teach themselves how to make these phone calls. They're gonna in the coaching program. They'll do a lot of role play, and you know we kind of kick it off together, but. Nobody wants to make their first day on the phones alone and have somebody that's like amazing sitting right next to them. And every time they hang up saying, you should have said this instead. It's like, you know, they're learning and it's an internet lead. So what better lead to learn on than somebody that might even be a wrong number? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, Greg, Greg Harrelson would say the opposite and be like, sit him right in the middle, sit him right next to me. Um, but yeah, you have to have like the right culture of people that can be supportively 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. encouraging and helping, right. And, and selectively helping and not like bulldozing and like, yes, making them feel well, bad for not quite getting it right there. And you want them yeah. to want to come to work every day. You don't, you don't want to be that person that's like micromanaging their every move. Cause who wants that on themselves? I mean, yeah. sometimes people need the accountability. That's what the coaching program's for, but you don't need to have someone like drill sergeant. Cause I would just look at them and be like, aren't you supposed to be out closing loans? Like, why are you standing over my desk? Obviously you should just do this. So you want, it, you want it to be a job that they love and that they speak highly of. And you want them to speak highly of you. And most importantly, you want to be their mentor because six, seven years from now, it's just the same way that Jason is to me. Like, like I would do anything for him and for his business to grow because he's invested so much in me. Like he believes in me so much that it's so worth it to me to make sure he's always shining. Right. Like if he were to have a bad day or something bad happened, I would be like, what can I do? What, what do I need to do? I would do that in a heartbeat. And, um, and I've been doing, I've been in ISA for him for five years and like, I don't even need to be a loan officer. I don't need to like make as much money as him or anything. I just want him to succeed. And I want to be like on the team that succeeds. Right. So that's fun for me. And he does not have enough time to micromanage what the ISAs are doing. Like we meet, we talk to him like once a week or like I can call him or whatever, but he really lets us run with it and believe in ourselves. And that's what's been, you know, really important. And you want to have all these leads, but where are they going to come from and how are they going to close? You need to have that middleman between you, between your agents, between you, between the new leads. That's making sure all the follow-up is happening for everybody. Yeah. Love it. All right. So speaking of the coaching program and just what you do, so Robin, how do people connect with you to learn more and just have a conversation and, and see what you do? So the best way would be to email me um, at it's ISA at kaizencoaching.com. So K-A-I-Z-E-N coaching.com. Um, also, my number is 206-919-9706. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Robin Hayes ISA Coaching and Consulting, my business page. I'm on LinkedIn, just under Robin Hayes. And, um, and then just to let you know, if any real estate agents want their lender to connect, um, I do do I do scripting coaching for um, a select Keller Williams offices, but uh, if you want your lender to connect with me on getting coaching or getting the ISA thing going, I do. I'm going to run a special over the summer for July, July, August, and September. So I'm waiving the sign up fee, and um, I'm going to do like uh, I can do a 30 minute consultation or whatever we need to do. Um, but that's the best time if you got if you have a lender that tends to slow down during the winter. That's because they were golfing and having a great time during the summer. So you need to have an ISA making those calls and building up your business so that you're not sitting there twiddling your thumbs during, you know, November, December, January. Because they so weren't, yeah, they really, weren't really great time to join. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and then Andy, how do people reach out connect, learn more about live stream and workshops and all that good stuff? Elite real estate systems.com. All the information's there on the website. Um, you, uh, you can sign up for the, this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you yep. can also um, schedule uh, an opportunity to come out to one of our workshops that we have here in Omaha that's a 12-hour day, or you can um, sign up for live stream, or you can schedule a call to find out some more information about it. Awesome, awesome. Cool, guys. Uh, well, and as far as the podcast, you can also check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, you know, uh, all of your favorite podcast apps, all that good stuff. So when you uh, go to iTunes or a place like iTunes and leave us a rating or review, make sure to call out Robin, thank her publicly for uh, coming on the show and dropping some extremely unique knowledge and a very different approach to things. And make sure that if you or your lender or you think your lender might be interested, make sure to connect them uh, and uh, and get them hooked up with Robin. So 
to close out, Robin, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Robin. All right. Thank you for having me. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody else. And we will see you on the next episode of the Team Building Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.